If there's injustice in your pants, there's injustice everywhere. How does it go? Sure, that, that we'll go with that. That's the weirdest Martin Luther King misquote I think, that's, I think I've ever heard in my life. I think life. that's what it was. If they if the, if them titties if are unjust, unjust, there's injustice all over this planet. Yeah, whatever. You, you that's the you get the gist. We can you know people can look <laughs> it up because you obviously misquoted it in such. What do you mean? Obvi- I don't know. If that's way. obviously a misquote. No, that's pretty obviously a misquote. Man. You think that Martin Luther King never said them titties are unjust. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. How much cultural change is required or is responsible or is necessary to accommodate the smallest slices of the culture? You know, and it's like as an example, as an example, um, you know, vegan. Vegan, yeah. there's, only a, there's only about 0.07% of the entire American population, as far as I can tell, you know, from the, yeah. that, are, that are vegan. Which is and why we still kill cows. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah ultimately. Um, so the question and is... And chickens. You know, it is, and fish. It is a, yeah, well, there's, there's the argument that it is a more responsible... In the face of things like, you know, in North Carolina, these giant filth pits of, of pig shit that are so toxic, you know, I mean, you know, the farms <laughs> and, the, and then the cruelty, you know, the really the horrifying conditions of chicken farms and, and, and cattle ranches, all this kind of stuff. So I think there, there is a certain amount of responsibility that we address those things. But the question is, do we, do we upend all of industry? I mean, you got to think about it. It's like if we were tomorrow to say, all right, that 0.07% of the society um, requires us to change all of society yeah. to accommodate them. You know, they've decided they're not going to eat meat. And it, and it could be, it could be a, a, you know, a religious thing. It could be a personal choice. It could be about health reasons. It could be about moral ground, whatever. That, that doesn't make any difference. Is still, it's 0.07%. And do we then completely upend, I mean, because the thing about it is if we were tomorrow to say, all right, meat's off the fucking table. We're not going to, we are completely retrofitting our society. I mean, we're talking millions upon millions of people are out of work. Yeah. And, and, and so that, you know, and that, that is the question is like, okay, that's a a major expense on society. It's an upending of the economy. So is it our responsibility to change that? Or do we just say, Hey, you know what? You're vegans. This is a choice you've made. Figure it out. The rest well, of us are going to have some so fucking hamburgers. <laughs> your your question is, what is the percentage required to make big cultural change? Right. I mean, that's the, the simple. Yeah. Okay. Basic yeah. Yeah. Question, it's like right? it's like how how many people? Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe that is maybe that's the simplified version of it. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I guess it would have to be. I guess the simple answer then, greatly oversimplified answer, would be the majority. Right. Like if we're if we are a democracy, if this is how things go, if it's you know for the betterment of everyone versus the one, then it would require the majority to make the, to make the change. 
I don't know if that's necessarily true, if that ha- if that's how it happens. I think that there's a bit of that Malcolm Gladwell tipping point stuff, you know, the, the, the squeakiest wheel gets the grease kind of thing. So if we're talking about, you know, the, the 0.2% or whatever it is that, you know, of the woke or of the, of the extreme left versus the, and the extreme right, if the, like we can't make changes just for them. There's such a small minority. One, they're the minority, but there's such a tiny, tiny, tiny minority. However, where it becomes a problem is they're a loud, loud, squeaky ass wheel. And that is causing people to make those changes because they just want to shut up the squeaky wheel. Now, the question, okay, so, so the question is, are the changes being made because they want to shut the squeaky wheel up? Or are the changes being made because the squeaky wheel is actually making a, a good a, point, a, 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 a persuasive yeah. point for change? You know, I mean, I look, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day uh, at the casino. We have a men's room and it was a ladies room. Yeah. Okay, um, and you know, I'll be you know, we have plenty. I well, I won't say plenty because there aren't plenty. I mean, when you look at transgender, transgender men and women, yeah, there's a, there, I mean, it is a sliver of the population. It's such a, you know, it's there's almost it's it's almost infinitesimal the full number of people in society. So we don't get a ton of transgender women or men in our casino. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, part of it's because the wild, wild west, but we do, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it's not, but we do get, we do get some transgender men and women that come into the, the, the casino. And so far, I mean, you know, in the six months that I've been there, there haven't been any issues where I've had a transgender woman off- offended that there's not a bathroom specifically for her or a transgender man. I haven't had anybody complain openly, but it is something I think about. It's like, okay. We've got these two bathrooms, mm-hmm. and, and and I know when I started, just as I was starting, they had just retrofitted both bathrooms. They just, they just updated both bathrooms. Mm-hmm. They still have problems. It's like, you know, it's a fucking public space, and it's a 24-hour building, so yeah, they're going to have problems. But I was looking yesterday, I was looking at our men's room and thinking, how how do you accommodate? Because really, I mean, it's two urinals yeah. and one toilet, and then the women's room is three toilets. And so the question becomes, how would we as this organization, I mean, I, I had to fucking fight in tooth and nail to get my fucking GM to pay $200 for Christmas decorations. So getting him to pay what would effectively <laughs> be about $50,000 to, to either retrofit or create a brand new bathroom or to make both those bathrooms gender neutral. I, you know, that's the thing is there's not a right. chance He's going to pay right. for that for what ends up in like the six months I've been there, maybe four transgender women or men that have come into the casino. So the question is, is it is it on the responsibility of the casino? And again, just using that as sort of like the mm-hmm. microcosm. Is it is it the responsibility of Stations Casino to say, hey, we're going to do this. And not only we're going to do this for the Wild Wild West, but... Palace Station, Boulder Station. I mean, you know, there are 32 Palms, uh, Red Rock. I mean, 32 major properties all over Las Vegas. Is it their responsibility um, to change that to accommodate such a small sliver of society? And I don't know the answer. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know the answer. But I I think that there's some of the change that is being 
that uh, some of the things that they're asking for that the 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 if we stick to the woke right right. that small percentage that they're asking for like I think it's fine like yeah let's let's call transgender people by their the pronoun that they choose fine I don't give a shit I'm not gonna sit here and be like no you were born a he and you're gonna be a he I don't give like fine um you know stopping like I'm trying to think of like other things that they're bitching about I don't know um you know, stop and frisk. Well, I, is that like a woke I, thing? Like, I think that's probably a bad thing. Like, yeah, it helped clean up New York, but it it we we stopped Al Qaeda or we slowed down Al Qaeda, but it created ISIS. Like, there's you know, there's these other problems that come with these yeah other ideas. I, so I don't know, but no, I don't I don't think that. I mean, it's, it's know, like again, this. It's like if I hand if I hand my kid, I don't want my kid. If we're in a, on, a, on a car trip and he's flipping out, and we did this yesterday coming back from Katie's parents' house. He was just flipping out, and I've before I was a parent, I was of that opinion. I don't want to give, I don't want TV screens in the car. Like they should enjoy the the windows and the outside. Oh no, yeah, like the, the part, wide you know, open spaces. Blah blah yeah, blah. Free range kids. Yeah, but fucking you give know, him a goddamn DVD player here's a or a video fucking, game. Yeah, Shh, I got, shut I got up. stuff to do. Occupy your fucking yeah. mushy brain. Is it the and best thing for it? them? Well, no, no, because we know that too much screen time can be a bad thing. Well, then I have to eliminate screen time later on in the day, you know, to balance for uh, all well, based this on, stuff. Based but, on the same argument, just living in the city is bad for your child. I mean, or or is it? Because now he's exposed to noises and different kinds of people and different things. And concrete and, and pollution and, you know, cars that run over bicyclists and, uh, <laughs> and you know, sort of like this, let's yeah. put everybody in the room and let's let them fight it out kind of bullshit that, that, that is the urban experience. So maybe the, yeah. you know, I mean, if you, if you really want your free range kid, you go fucking get a goddamn house in the, in Montana and, you know, set them loose in the fucking yard. But I think that's the other side of the extreme. Breakfast or that's whatever. the other extreme. Yeah, I mean, just last night we went and picked up our tree, and I'm watching. We, you know, we took Harry, and I'm watching him like watch the chaos of the the tree parking lot, and where it's right next to Big Star. It's in the Big Star outdoor area. Sure. And there's just you know the city's alive. It's Friday night, Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm just watching his eyes, and he's just taking all of it in, and that was really cool. And yeah, you could do the same thing out in Montana. You could take in the gigantic, unending sky and the. You know the the wildlife. If he's if there's any wildlife we're seeing, I mean, yeah, there's. But those are two extremes. Yeah. Now, do I sit in the middle and live in fucking Barrington, or or Bolingbroke or whatever the you know? Yeah. I, I think that's the worst option. Suburbs. Yeah. So you think the suburbs? suburbs I think suburbs. suburbs yeah. Are, now I. Yeah. But then again, I grew up in the suburbs, and I think I turned out okay. Um. It's really more. It's well, more that's for a me. subjective opinion. It's a subjective, yeah, that's a yeah, subjective is, opinion. Yes. You're, you know. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know what to do. I think that the people that are making the decisions, the, the legislators, they're in a tough spot. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi's well, you know, in a tough spot. Yeah, well, you know, and I, it, it's it's things like, and it, and it is across the board, and it's not just about the woke. I mean, that's the thing is, it's easy to pick on the woke because yeah. they're easy to fucking pick on. Well, right now they're but, the loudest. Them and, and the well, right. Well, they're not and, the loudest. The, the thing is, they're not the loudest. When you get when you you know you look at you look at uh, and I can't even think of the fight like the Ben Shapiro's and yeah. uh, the the what is it Ruben and you know it's like it it is that you know they're they're fighting in their opinion the righteous fight for the freedom of speech. 
you know, they don't believe hate speech should be, you know, uh, legislated against. You know, Jordan Peterson came to fame because he, it, it wasn't that he has a problem. And, and that's the thing I think is so funny is people don't bother to, to actually listen to any of these guys because... Yeah, I understand why, because it's so easy for them to be lumped into rabid, you know, toothless fucking, let's go out there and lynch us a black man. Those guys. You know, I mean, you know, they, it's so easy to kind of lump those together. That was good. But Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson uh, came to fame not because he didn't think that that transgender, or, or not even transgender, just that gender was fluid it's not that he has a problem using the pronouns his problem was he didn't want it to be illegal not to that if he said that if somebody says i'm i'm a woman and he decides that that person is a man that he he's fine saying her and she but he doesn't want the government telling him he has to say her and she i don't think it should be illegal either i think that that's a little much well, I mean, that was, the, but that's where, yeah. that's kind of how he, and so you look, and they're a small sliver. That's the thing is you look at these, these, uh, these right wing, these conservative intellectuals, and there's not a whole lot more of them than there are the woke, um, you know, but they feel they're fighting a, a very righteous cause. Yeah. And for the most part, I mean, that's the thing is I, I like, again, breaking down what you see on the internet and sort of like the academic arguments about some of this stuff versus actually living in the world among people right you know i don't see i I don't see a whole lot of freedom of speech issues in the casino and again the casino is i I, i'll say it again and i'll i probably say this for as long as i'm working in casinos is it feels much very much like the the distillation of what the american melting pot supposed to be because i walk in last night it's Black Friday. We were packed. I mean, we were packed. Yeah. Now, what we've got, what we've got is, is I've got uh, you know in the room probably out of I want to say there's probably at one point there were probably 120 people in the in the building, which is a lot for our our property. It's just fucking packed. And I'm going to say probably just on my walking around and serving drinks and helping out because we were understaffed. So I was I got to bartend last night too. Fun, but. But we have, on one end, we've got some, I won't call them homeless because if they've got enough money to actually gamble, sure. So there, but they, but they, you know, I mean, they're, they're wearing the rough clothes. They're, you know, I mean, you've got those guys, you've got some uh, black men and women that are, that are gambling. You've got some Asian men and women that are gambling. We've got this group uh, that was hired by Amazon to come and set up that Amazon's having this big thing. So this is the group that comes out for EDC and they build the stages. They mm-hmm. build all the stages and all the, the stadium kind of stuff. And these guys are like the most patchouli goddamn bunch of fucking scumbaggy looking hippies I ever saw in my <laughs> life. I love them. They're fun. Yeah. But they've, they've got rooms for like three weeks so they just come in in the evening and just fucking throw down you know i mean i i have to pull them aside and say no you can't bring your own bottle of jameson and just drink out of it you can't do you know and you've got you've got guys that have i mean i got a guy that looks just like a regular guy wears jeans and a t-shirt but this guy has put in the property so far this year and now we're at the end of the year but he's put a million five into machines on our property so you got that guy you got the homeless guy you've got you know i mean all these people and i don't 
I, I really don't run into a lot of like freedom of speech issues. I don't run into a lot of racism issues. I don't, uh, there are some sexism issues that I kind of run into yeah. and I try to deal with, you know, you definitely have sort of the intersection of prostitutes and Johns, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing goes on. But, uh, so it's almost like these small slivers of society are creating for them, their mountains, yeah. for them, you know, I mean, if you are a black man and you're pulled over by a police officer, despite the fact that only 2% of police shootings are could could even be considered racist or you know, or you know, I mean, I mean just it's a, it is a sliver, but it's such a big movement. There's so much traction. Anybody else, anything else, if I were to say, you know what, David, 2% Actually, I'm going to back up. If I were to say, David, you know what? Yesterday, I was tripped by an eighth grade girl. And I videotaped it. And now I'm going to go around and I'm going to find as many different videotapes, videos, phone videos of eighth grade girls tripping middle-aged white men. Let's find them. I guarantee you I'm going to find, you know, maybe 50 videos and I start putting those up I'm making an epidemic out of what is not that I mean overall it's not cool for eighth grade girls to trip middle-aged white men right it's kind of unjust it's kind of a shitty thing to do (coughs) but it is hardly an epidemic worthy of all of society upending itself to adjust and remedy so the question is, what is the percentage of injustice or the percentage? And I, my biggest concern, and then I'm going to, uh, I'll let you say some stuff, is, is it's sort of like the Dick Cheney, and I've always gone back to this, and I've written about this before, 1% doctrine, which is his belief was if 1% of the Middle East are terrorists, then they're all terrorists. Right. You know, and I, and I, and I have a real problem with this tiny percentage coloring the entire uh society i'm just curious about that let's take a quick break and then i'll i'll respond to that because i've got issues with the way that you look at the the police shootings Literate presents Bug House, a 75-minute show designed to interrogate concepts, proselytize truth, and dissect popular thought through a lens of skeptical artistry. Three bouts, six warriors, three decisions. Bug House aims to definitively answer the most and least important questions of the day. You can find the Bug House podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or at literateape.com. Here's the thing with the police shootings. Yeah, this, there's a small percentage of police shootings um, uh, shooting unarmed, innocent black men. Except, and, 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 hold on. More white men than black men are shot. And it's more wh- innocent yes. white men yes. are shot than... I just, I mean, I like, just get hard numbers, I hard know. numbers. But the, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying let's get the, hard the numbers. The reason that the, that the shooting of black men by police has become such a a boil over movement is yeah. because it's part of a systemic problem it's the straw that is 
breaking the camel's back again. There is. It's fair. It's, it's fair. I, I th- so I don't. I don't think it's just about the shootings. It's the shootings on top of the harassment, the years, the decades of harassment, the the um, the, the, the incarceration rate. I mean, it's it's part of a larger problem. I think that is the issue. Um, so that's why it needs to be fixed. It's not just cops shooting black guys. Like, yeah, numbers are small, but it's part of a much larger, a much larger very thing. obvious systemic racial problem. And on top oh, of absolutely. that, it's the cover-up that goes into these things. So when there is a problem, it's not just, oh, well, yeah, our cop did that. Well, he's going to be you know, on, on leave with pay, you know, some bullshit like that. It's a huge cover-up. It's a the slap Laquan on McDonald in Chicago is a huge yeah. thing. So yeah, yeah. I think right. that's where that comes from. So, all right. So, so, uh, and then, and then, okay. Because now I think we're, so it's not about the percentage. It's about the level of malevolence. Yes. Behind th- that's going on. Yeah. It's still because it, and this is my, it still is problematic for me in that, and I'm not even talking about like Black Lives Matter. I mean, it, it, to me, it's a larger question of what is that sliver, that tiny sliver of society. How 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 seriously can we take that when it comes to the the concept of an epidemic? And the you know again, we talked about this when we talked about the men's rights thing. Is you know if if two percent of men are killing themselves, and it's way more than that. Yeah, you know. That's not important, but 2% of innocent people being shot, that is. So who gets to decide the level? You know, it's like we're talking about, it's, if it's, it's not the percentage, it's not the size, it is what we as a society have decided is morally enough. It's like, that's, it's ended. We're no more, we as a society have decided that this is, no matter how small or insignificant in terms of the numbers, this represents something much larger and we all have to do something about it. Who makes the decision or how does that decision get made of what is really important versus what is, yeah, come on. Uh, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I think it's maybe about who the the victims are. Who it's hard to be a victim as a as a white man in this society because rightfully so, it's rare that it happens. And suicide. It's no. It's not rare that it happens. There's no systemic problem though. There's no systemic. There's no group we, of people that have built a system I, I, of keeping the white man again, down. We, but no, it's not about keeping. See, I think that kind of language is loaded. It's not about keeping the white man down. Again, we talked about this, and this is something I've looked into. You know, if you look at four out of five, you know, men have issues and kill themselves. Yeah. You know, four out of five suicides. That's what it is. Four out of five suicides are men. That's significant. I mean, that's a big deal, but we as a society don't give a flat fuck. If you look at, again, I I hate to go into this. I think we do, because we care about suicide. No, no, no. Domestic abuse, a full, and these are statistics that are unassailable. This is the statistics. It's about about roughly 50% of domestic abuse is men beating up women. The other 50% is women beating up men, and yet... 
there is exactly in a, in a country with thousands of women's shelters, there's one in the entire United States that deals with domestic abuse against men. Is it Little Darlings? I don't know what the fuck it is. It's probably a Hooters, but yeah, whatever. Um, you know, but the thing about it is, is society has decided. We've all decided sort of overwhelmingly that one issue is important and the other one isn't even worth mentioning. And so my question really kind of gets to the heart of it is like, okay, I look at ADA. I look at the disabled. Yeah. I, I look at kids with behavior disrupt problems. I mean, just recently, uh, Pritzker just outlawed what was the, was the, the timeout rooms yeah. in schools. Yeah. And the reason he did it was because, and, and I think rightly so on some levels, is that a lot of timeout rooms were being abused. The idea being, let's take these kids that have behavior disorders or are autistic, or, and we're going to stick them in prison and just watch them shit themselves. And yeah. you know, I mean, it's just yeah. horrifying condition. But the fact is, the overwhelming number of teachers that use a timeout room are not putting kids in prison and they're mostly not putting you know kids with needs special needs kids in right because that's illegal right i mean in most i mean it's like that's there there are laws against that they're made whether they're being uh, enforced is one thing but so now we're going to outlaw this whole thing instead of just providing oversight so the question again it's like yeah how much do we adapt to adapt to the smallest sliver? And, and, and maybe the answer is, you know, you go to Jesus. What you do to the least among us, go to you do Jesus. to me. Well, you know, he says, he says, what you do to the least among us, yeah. you know, you do to me. You know, that, 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 it, that all it does. Maybe it is the Dick Cheney thing. Maybe it is. It only takes one act of injustice. It takes one act of abuse. And everything should change to accommodate that one act of abuse. Maybe that's the answer. Well, for a minute there, I thought um, we were gonna we were gonna subscribe to the the Jesus Christ uh, Dick Cheney school of thought here, which is gonna turn this apecast into a really weird but interesting thing. But then you brought it back, and it's more Martin Luther King, which is you know if there's one injustice in the world, there's or what is it if there's injustice in if there's injustice in your pants, there's injustice everywhere. How does it go? Sure, that that we'll go with that. That's the weirdest Martin Luther King misquote I think, I think I've ever heard in my life. I think life. that's what it was. If they if the, if them titties if are unjust, inju- there's injustice all over this planet. Yeah, whatever. You, you that's the you get the gist. We can you know people can look <laughs> it up because you obviously misquoted it in such. What do you mean? Obvi- I don't know if that's way. obviously a misquote. No, that's pretty obviously a misquote. Man. You think that Martin Luther King never said them titties are unjust in all of his affairs with women that he never. <laughs> Could have said that, you know. I'm, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say I know for a fact because I don't know for a fact. But I'm going to say I'm pretty sure that Martin Luther King <laughs> never said once to anyone those titties are unjust, unjust. I don't think he ever said that. Well, and it, and if he did, it wasn't a quotable moment. It wasn't a moment for the books. What if those were his last words? Oh, my God. And Jesse Jackson was like, what the fuck did you just say? Blam! He's like, oh, shit, that's the... Oh, this is... Yeah, we just went to a really wrong place. Uh, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. So, wait, what were we talking about? Injustice? <laughs> well, no, we're talking... Cause maybe, the answer, maybe the answer is if we have... You know, it, it's if there is one person 
you know, it kind of goes through the, the the concept of me too. I just read this very weird, very weird medium article. Um, and it's a young woman and basically said my first blow job was rape. And of course I'm like, Okay. okay, yeah, let's read what she's got to say. And basically it was that, you know, she was with this guy and he was, she felt he was, you know, now, you know, years later that he was manipulative because he would say, let's go out and then go out with his friends instead. So, you know, it was all this kind of stuff. It was just a bad relationship. And then they got a little bit drunk and they went out to his car and he unzipped his pants and pulled his dick out. And they've been dating for, you know, like a year. So it's not like... It, you know that that was necessarily the most it's not like they just met and he pulled his dick out they've been yeah she'd seen his dick they just hadn't had sex he pulls his dick out and she gives him a blowjob and what made it rape in her mind was that i, I mean i'm i'm is <laughs> he blew his load in her mouth and didn't ask if he could and so she's now taking it to the point where she's considering it rape now there is one perhaps in sensitive perspective and i see the look on your face it's like what i mean that's that, that's that's extreme on the other hand um is that as an example that one woman does that justify us being able to say you know she has a point when we do i mean well we do say that consent is a thing and the guy didn't say hey can i sh-? i mean shooting shooting a load in somebody's mouth is pretty invasive i mean it's pretty gross but you know i mean it's isn't it part of a blowjob so what you're saying is blowjobs are by nature non-consensual what no i'm saying if she agrees to the blowjob and it sounds like she agreed to putting well, his yeah. dick in her mouth well i mean pretty much you what know. comes with that it's cum. not like, yeah, in the story, it's not like he you know, threatened her, beat her or anything like that. It was just like they were just in the car and they'd had a few drinks and he wanted a blowjob. And it was, I mean, and she said, okay. Look, and if then we look at he sex. He shot his load. And then they, they still dated for, according to the article, she still dated him for another year. Yeah. But then years after the breakup, and in the light of sort of society's, you know, the culture's sort of look at, look at how men and women relate sexually. Yeah. She has decided retroactively that she was raped because he blew her load. And I'm like, okay, I, 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 my, my gut says, I don't think that's reasonable. I don't think it's reasonable. But, but also, part of me says, okay, let's assume that is reasonable. What changes need to be made? How do we make those changes? And is this one woman's experience? And I'm sure she's not the only woman who felt kind of like, well, you motherfucker, you just, you didn't I'm tell me sure you were going to blow a yeah. in my mouth. I'm sure that pissed. I'm sure there's plenty but of women who are like, dude, you fucked my mouth thing. hole and you shot the load and you didn't even say, hey, I'm going to come in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, like how I'm about sure a tap on the head? I've, I've been a part so, of that. Like, So maybe the only way we whatever. get that sort of message out is that this woman calls it rape and then we have to have this discussion. If she hadn't written the article and called it rape, I would not have read the article. And I mean, if it's, we had it's not a little read the article, you and I wouldn't be well. It's clickbaity, but then you and I wouldn't be not, would not be having the conversation. And the argument is, if we're not having the conversation, then just like black men being shot or uh, white men uh, killing each other, you know, like like yeah. committing suicide or transgender men and women wanting bathrooms and being denied that opportunity to use a bathroom in a comfortable place, perhaps if we don't push those clickbaity things, if we don't push them to extremes then we're not going to have the conversation. If we don't have the conversation, it's like it doesn't happen. I don't know. Except that 
a transgender person being able to use a bathroom in comfort. And quick side note, I don't know that there is, I mean, everybody's different, but I don't care if, if the bathrooms are, are multi-gender. Like I don't, I'm as nervous shitting or pissing in front of an, another, not, not, I'm not nervous about shitting or pissing in front of another man. I mean, I've, but it's like, I'm not going to blow my ass out. I try not to blow my ass out as hard as I can if there's somebody else in the stall next to me. Man or woman, well, I don't give just, a shit. That's right. just being polite, right? David. So, but that may be part of the problem. Some people saying, well, I don't want to blow my ass out in front of a woman. I, I don't know. what I don't know what people's issues are. Fine. But there's a difference between that and the systemic problem of police violence against black people and a guy getting a blowjob from his girlfriend, which she clearly consented to. She's not calling the blowjob rape. She's calling the coming in her mouth rape. That's, that's as I that's understand, just part that of the was problem. the article. But, like, that's not a thing. Like, oops. And David, give me a David, heads up if you don't want perhaps, it. And David, going back to your thing, perhaps, perhaps the shooting the load in her mouth is the straw that broke the camel's back in the systemic abuse of power dynamic between men and women. Just like the 2% of people being shot by police, innocent people being shot by police and cover-ups is the straw that broke the camel's back of a longer history of systemic racism. Sure, so the, sure. The, again, this if, is a, it's thorny if, stuff. If she had said after that first time blowjob and the next time she says, hey, listen, I'm going to suck your dick again, but this time, can you let me know when you're going to blow because I don't want it in my mouth. Like, I'll totally finish jerking you off. We'll do all this other stuff. Fine, whatever. Like, I'll lick it after you blow it. Fine. But just, I don't want it shot down my throat and covering my the roof of my mouth. It's gross. And then he still doesn't let her know and does the angry dragon for her. That's when you hold the head, you know, and it, yeah. yeah. That's what it's then, called? Yeah. So because then the cum, it, you blow so hard and your head is forced down in your dick that it comes out of her nose. It's disgusting and not okay. That's not okay at all. I can't dragon. even believe. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a name for that other than just yeah. shitty asshole. Yeah. Well, shitty asshole is a whole different move. Um, okay. But yeah, like, and if so she tells him that and then he just goes ahead and doesn't let her know, then there would be a systemic problem. But we don't know that she did that. Did she ever say anything to him? Because no, look, the thing is, no, you're 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 focusing on that one incident. Going with your analogy, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, it's not about one incident. It's a straw that broke a larger back. It's 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 this. Is that a larger thing. back though? We don't know about well, it. Is there an issue well, with with women saying you, stop coming have, in my mouth? I want to. I Louis, don't want you to come in my Louis mouth. C.K. Louis C.K. was completely. I mean, he's going to be fine, but I mean, you know, he was he was completely canceled yeah. because he asked five women, "Can I masturbate in front of you?" They didn't say no, <laughs> so he did, which is all fucked up. I'm not saying it's not fucked up, but the reality is, there was no. There was no if if any one of those women had said no, you can't masturbate in front of me. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have, but because he was in a place of power over these women in the comedy world, they didn't feel comfortable saying no. And that again, we're talking about the systemic. Okay. You you want to go with systemic and that this smaller this smaller percentage because really. It's five women. I mean, I'm not sure how many people, uh, how many women have can say they've yeah. had some guy say, can I jerk off in front of you? And she's went, no, or yes, or just didn't say anything. And then the dick came out. Yeah. I'm not sure what, but I'm pretty sure that's a, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty small percentage. Yeah. You know? I don't know. So I don't know that is, I can answer it's it. It's still part of, it's still part of a bigger problem. I don't know is that it? I can. Or not. I don't know. Because do you, I, I don't know what it's like to 
give give a blowjob and have somebody come in my mouth and feel like I can't tell them don't come in my mouth like i just i don't know like i said well i like i said i'm pretty you know and i you know to make it but i'm pretty sure it's not more than two percent of women in the world you know are in that situation and if that's the case is that a big enough number or a big enough injustice to up in society and change things what percentage is required to create and I won't even say cataclysmic, just massive change. Because we can't even, as a society, we can't even agree to change things. We can't even get rid of fucking coal mines. Right. And, you know, talk about a small percentage of what we actually, first of all, small percentage of people we actually employ yeah. in coal mines. Yeah. The, the small percentage of, of businesses that actually use fucking coal. As a, as a, you know, I mean, this is not a massive issue. However, it has become one, you know, and we have allowed it to become one. So it becomes representative of a straw that breaks the camel's back. So I'm curious about that. I don't, I don't know. I really, I don't know because it also comes down to what the individual cares about. Like me, I don't think that blowing a load in someone's mouth is a big deal. What I, just the same as I don't think that there should be a law against women farting while you're going down on them. I think that that's just as intrusive and I've asked them not to do that and most of them have decided to not fart while I'm going down on them. So no problem there. So I don't see the surprise come in the mouth from a thing that is designed to pull cum out of the dick. God, this is I a weird I, conversation. This, uh, but I knew if I, the thing about it is I knew if I brought in the uh, the article about the woman getting cum, that that's all you'd talk about. That's all you're focused on <laughs> is dicks and cum because this is, you know, you, yeah, you were in the suburbs and you turned out all right. I'm questioning it more and more. Well, I'm th- I got a lot of blowjobs in the back of cars in the suburbs and... You know, a lot of the cum didn't go in the mouth. It went on my shirt. I remember one specific time and I was so angry. I'm like, fuck, I got to go back into the party with fucking cum on my shirt now? All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a read. It's on Medium. It's called, the headline is, is capitalism an ideology? Give it a read. It's interesting. Is cap- who, who's it by? Um, I don't remember. It's on my phone. My phone is being used to record this. I cannot remember. Don't even. Yeah. Um, it's right. a, it's an author that I have not read before. She, her name does not ring a bell. Um, what's it called again? Is capitalism an ideology? All right. All right. Mine is also a read. It is in the Atlantic. It is entitled "How America Ends." Ooh. It is by Yanni Applebaum. Um, and it really breaks down. It's like here's all here are some of the problems that we're facing culturally, but his his go to that the biggest thing the, the biggest question he posits is that in the next couple of decades, you know what what is being called the Browning of America is that the white majority is going to become a minority, and that are we going to as a democracy be able to handle it? Going to the heart of does the minority run things and if that is the case how do we balance that it's a pretty good Mm -hmm. article i actually really enjoyed it okay uh my next thing is a watch it's on netflix it's the irishman all right yeah that was one of mine too so yeah have you seen it did you watch it my plan was to watch it last night but this flu has gotten me down so tonight i'm gonna rest all the rest of the day and i'm gonna pull it together to sit on the couch i think it's funny that that neither one of us have watched it and yet we're both recommending it well yeah i mean 
I mean, it's fucking Scorsese. How, how can it's it be wrong? De Niro, like, yeah. it's Pacino. I mean, yeah. No, I, I, and the thing about it is what I'm trying to figure out is it's three and a half hours long. Yeah. And I don't want to... And I understand people watch this shit in pieces. I don't want to watch it I don't want to watch it in pieces. I want to sit right. down and for three and a half hours, I just want to sit and watch the whole goddamn thing because that's how Scorsese intended it. Yeah. And I'm all right with that. I was ready to all watch right. it last night. I was ready to watch it over the weekend in Hammond on our iPad and Katie goes no this needs to be watched on a big screen our TV is much bigger than our oh. iPad so I'm going to I'm going to watch it on the iPad because that's but what your I'm iPad is not that much smaller than my TV that's why right, yeah. that's fair and then last that's night fair. I wanted I to watch it Katie goes iPad. you feel like shit you're going to fall asleep I go but I really want to watch it she goes David do yourself a favor feel better you'll enjoy it so much more so I got to give it's my wife, wife is big right. credit for that yeah Katie's right all right so yeah so my, my my second one is watch the Irishman so we both said watch the Irishman so everybody should fucking watch the Irishman if you don't watch the Irishman we're gonna come to your house and come in your mouth whether you want it or not Dwight <laughs> oh my god guy oh god <laughs> oh god <laughs> can't believe you said that no, there you go. Just, oh, we're going to fart while you're going down on us. I don't... There you go. Right, okay. Whatever it is. Whatever it all is. All right. So if you can't watch The Irishman because you're feeling ill, or all you have is a tiny little iPad, watch Nailed It on Netflix. This show, it's a, Nailed It? It's a cooking show. Oh, God. But specifically watch the holiday version. Because, I don't know. Nailed, so what they do is they take like this really fancy way of like doing um, baked goods, right? And then they have these normal people like you and I get up and try and bake it. And it always looks like shit. And then when they're done, like, nailed it. Like, it's just these fails. These baking fails. It's it's baking fails. Okay, that sounds funny. But it is, it's really funny. Um, The comedian, the host, uh, Nicole Byer, is, she's amazing. She's so, 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 so funny. And then she has like a guest host, which like Maya Rudolph was one of them. Um, Oh, cool. And then the other co-host is uh, Jacques Torres. He's an actual baker who's French, okay. and he's very funny. It's a it's a really really fun show. It's it's quick. It's stu- the episodes are quick and stupid, but they're a lot of fun. And right. watch the holiday version because it's a great way to get in the holiday. Because that's the yeah. way to get into it. And yeah. my last is a read. Again, I I love Mark Manson. And so you go to markmanson.net. You don't have to be a subscriber to read this. It is a, an excerpt from his latest book. Everything is fucked. A book about hope. The article is the uncomfortable truth. Okay. And and uh, I'm 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 liking where this guy is going with a lot of his thoughts. So read the uncomfortable truth and get back to me. And tell me what you think. Okay. And those are our six things. That's it. That's the show. I'm gonna That's, go back to bed and try and beat this yeah, you thing. Can, Sleep, 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 and juice, 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 and I'm going to go uh, deal with the, the the pastiche of Americana that is the Las Vegas casino floor. God, that was beautifully put. Thank you. That's the show. End it right there. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.